a topic that many of us probably don't like to consider and dive into because of the great discomfort that comes from it is actually the topic of suffering. And what's fascinating is that it is the one thing that we are guaranteed to always receive. <laughs> and we, especially maybe maybe more so in the United States because of how comfor- comfortable life is here for us. We do not like suffering even more so because we have so many things to make life easy from air conditioning to central heating to lights on in our houses to good flushing toilets and sinks to hopefully still for a good number of us toilet paper in the homes you know we have so many comforts that we uh, really take for granted we quite do but anytime we have any suffering in our lives you know something's taken away like right now us not being able to go to masses publicly in our churches along with many other activities in our lives that are beyond church, but also those that are connected to church that are not public masses, you know, we, have a cert- we do have a suffering going on right now. And none of us were looking for this. None of us asked for this, I would think, either. But still, it's now imposed upon everyone, and we are having different reactions for some and responses for others. Suffering is something that usually is imposed upon us unless we take up a certain penance, which we all should be doing on a normal basis, not just because we are in the season of Lent, but because as faithful, devout Christians, we are supposed to always have some observance of a life of penance. Typically, rather traditionally, traditionally in our faith, those penances are observed on Fridays, fasting from something, abstaining from something, or doing uh, extra prayers on that day that we normally don't do. We are still supposed to carry that out, that life of penance. And we do that because when suffering comes around, which it always does, we are more appropriately so ready to deal with it. We know what it means to go through a certain trial because we have already imposed a certain trial upon us. So, in other words, we are fostering virtues by imposing penances upon ourselves here you know, it could be the virtue of patience, temperance, certainly fortitude, perseverance, and even humility by acknowledging, okay, God, you gave me this suffering, you gave me this cross, but thanks be to God, thanks be to you, I am able to deal with it more appropriately so. Now, here is an excellent way to look at suffering. So if you want to look at your Bibles and look at the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is written by St. John the Evangelist, the same St. John that wrote the Gospel of St. John, who also was the one who leaned on our Lord's chest during the Last Supper, the beloved disciple, as he is known. If you look at the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 19 through 20. Listen to these amazing words, particularly the first sentence. Whoever is dear to me, I reprove and chastise. Be earnest about it, therefore, 
Repent. Here I stand knocking at the door. If anyone hears me calling and opens the door, I will enter his house and have supper with him and he with me. It's kind of mind-blowing, especially that first sentence. Whoever is dear to me, I reprove and chastise. And then he goes even further. Be earnest about it, therefore. <laughs> so when we do suffer in our lives, and I'm, it's easy to say this now, um, so that when suffering comes up in our lives, hopefully we can remember this scripture passage, Revelation chapter 3, that whenever we are going through suffering, whenever we are enduring a cross, it is a reminder from God Almighty that he loves us. He loves us because he knows that we can bear this cross, this chastisement, using Revelation chapter 3's word here, this chastisement, this suffering, this cross. Our Lord knows that we can. And what's interesting is that you got to keep the rest of this passage in your mind too. He says, repent, here I stand knocking at the door. So in other words, whenever sufferings, chastisements, or a cross comes in your life, that's our Lord knocking on the door of your soul. Here I stand knocking at the door. If anyone hears me calling, if we find our Lord in the midst of the suffering of the cross of our chastisement, if anyone hears me calling and opens the door, opening the door of our souls to God to come in even more so, it continues, I will enter his house the house of the person's soul, and have supper with him and he with me. I will help him to endure this difficult moment. I will be with him, and that soul will be with me. So our Lord is reminding us, and using slightly different language, in Revelation chapter 3, verses 19 through 20, that he loves us, and He loves us so much that if we have certain sufferings and crosses in our lives, that's God showing His love for us because He knows that we can not only endure it, He will always give us the help, the graces from Him to endure it, but also it is a tremendous invitation for us to draw closer to God that when we endure this suffering, this chastisement, this cross, and we turn to him, that we open the door for him to come more into our souls in the moment of our cross. He will be with us even more strongly so than if we keep just and then if we just keep pushing him away or trying to figure it out all on our own or complaining about it over and over and over again to everyone around us that would lend us a, a listening ear. This is what our God is getting at. Now, as I heard a priest say when I was in the seminary, it was the summer before I began my first year of theology, you know, you uh, don't go into a situation where clearly someone is suffering, and you tell them, and particularly in a very happy tone of voice, you know, you are suffering so much, God clearly loves you. More than likely, those are not the exact words the person wants to hear 
in that moment. But it is something that should be shared, hopefully outside of such hard moments, so that when suffering does come up, the person can remember, you know what, God? You love me. This is a hard cross. This is a chastisement. This is a this is something I am having to suffer through. But I know you've given me this because you love me. And so, Lord, I am doing my best to repent. And you are knocking at the door of my soul. So, God, come in. The fullness of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, my Lord Jesus Christ, come into my soul. Enter into my house of my soul. Please be with me. So that I know I can even more assuredly be with you. And while the pain of the cross that you're enduring may continue, it is now becoming easier to bear because you're not dealing it with, with it on your own. You're dealing it with our God. That is precisely what he is wanting you to do. I'll just read that passage again in, in full. So from Revelation chapter 3, verses 19 through 20. Whoever is dear to me, I reprove and chastise. Be earnest about it, therefore. Repent. Here I stand knocking at the door. If anyone hears me calling and, and opens the door, I will enter his house and have supper with him and he with me. There are many things, we, many areas connected to suffering that we could talk about as a whole, going down different paths about it, but this, this really helps to give a, a good foundation using even sacred scripture itself for us to understand, why do I have this certain cross that's never going away from me? Or why are you giving me this cross? suffering, this chastisement right now, God. I thought you loved me. And that's right, he does, as he says right there. Whoever is dear to me, whoever I love, in other words, I reprove and chastise. Maybe as we keep going through these interesting days with the virus, we can recollect a little bit more you know, the different changes, the adjustments that we have to go through. And, you know, there may be more annoyances for a great number of us. And for others, there is great suffering happening because in the U.S., the virus has definitely spread more so. And a number of people have called me, emailed me asking for prayers because of relatives and friends or parishioners that they know of in other churches and the like that have have gotten the coronavirus, you know, it's, it's suffering that's happening here, literally in our homes. So let's not think that, uh, you know, our own crosses and sufferings are the biggest ones in the world. Sometimes we do have that tendency that we get so, as the phrase is, narrow-minded, thinking that whatever I'm going through, gosh, this is the worst thing. This is the absolute worst thing. And then we hear someone else's crosses and we're kind of like, whoa, all right. <laughs> I am going through pain, but not that much pain. So we need to keep in mind that, yes, we need to keep our prayer life strong. 
so that it does become easier to deal with sufferings, chastisements, and crosses in our lives. But let us remember that we need to continue to pray for others who are also enduring crosses. And let's stay strong in our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, that as he endured his cross, his passion, and his death, we too unite our sufferings to his on that same cross. That's called redemptive suffering. So that as we endure our crosses, we may receive the strength from him, from God Almighty, so that our bearing of our crosses, while there's still suffering involved, does become a little bit easier and more appropriately oriented for the moment, but also for the long-end goal for our eternal salvation. May Almighty God bless you all, and I hope you may continue to stay strong in your prayer life and your yearning to come back to to public masses in our churches, and most particularly coming back with even greater fervor to the sacraments of our beautiful Catholic faith. In our readings for today, for this Saturday Mass, we hear of more of the tempo building up towards our Lord's Passion. From the first reading that we heard from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, we hear of the plots, the prophesizing rather, of the plots, of the plots, excuse me, that our Lord is going to be, well, part of, as far as him being the victim of the authorities wanting to find a way to arrest this prophet because he has become a nuisance to the people in charge, to the authorities in, in Jesus' time, the Pharisees, some people in the crowds, uh, Sadducees. He had just become a nuisance to most people at large. And you know, <laughs> that's what us Christians are to be as well. We are to be a nuisance to the world because we are supposed to speak for God's truth. And the world does not want to adhere or even hear or listen to the truth because it's contrary to what's easy and what's comfortable in this gospel for today of saint john we hear actually if you paid attention or if you read through it you would hear rather lack of hearing our lord jesus christ doesn't utter a single word it's all surrounding his presence and him being close by but nonetheless our lord does not utter a single word in today's gospel those are kind of interesting gospels to kind of keep an eye on because there's, there's always something kind of unique, certainly, going on. That the person of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our God, the Word made flesh, that his very person is creating a disturbance, uh, creating so many different questions, that now the crowds of people, as in today's gospel, they're, they're just saying so many different things. Today, they're saying, this man is truly a prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. And then others started to question, well, the Christ will not come from Galilee, right? Does not Scripture say that he'll be of David's family and come from Bethlehem? And the answer to both of those is, yes, the Christ Jesus, he is of David's family, thanks to St. Joseph's line, uh, being a descendant of King David. And we all know with Christmas, most particularly, that he is born in Bethlehem, the town of Bethlehem, uh, translated to English, meaning literally house of bread. So this division is being created. Chief priests then come up with this 
division and Pharisees and all these different talks are happening between them all. And I think we got to, what we can take away rather from this gospel is, you know, who can we say Christ is for us? And not just privately, but also publicly. You know, it's easy for us to have our own private prayer life and also our private living out of our faith in our homes because that's, well, we feel safe there. But as we hear in today's gospel, this occurrence of who Christ is, and today some were saying this is the one we've been waiting for, this is the Christ, the anointed one, this is truly the prophet, not a prophet. You know, the nation of Israel has been used to numerous prophets. No, this is the prophet that they have been waiting for. So when we are in the public realm, how do we bring out our faith of saying who Jesus Christ is? That is definitely the more uneasy area for us to live out our faith. Uh, whatever the reasons we may, we may give, we, you know, there's this tendency nowadays, we don't want to make people uncomfortable, even though because of the virus, everyone's uncomfortable now. We don't want to upset people, which is honestly pretty ridiculous when you think about it, uh, because everyone's going to be uneasy about something. Just bring up politics, and boom, you got it right there. So with our encounter of our Lord in our own private lives, that's so needed. But when we go into the public realm, and any form of the public realm, restaurants, the grocery store, uh, the drive-through now, since restaurants are mostly shut down across the U.S., um, maybe for those of us who are at work still, going to work and not working from home, or even if we're working from home and we're Skyping or FaceTiming or doing video conferencing, whatever we're doing, how do we bring about Christ in the public realm? Now, this is something that started from the infancy of our Lord's public ministry and brought forth since that time, you know, the greatest example in the earliest days of our faith were with the 12 apostles themselves preaching about Jesus Christ, literally in the public everywhere, disturbing the peace of the governments everywhere to say, no, this is God in the flesh. This is the one whose truth you're supposed to be adhering to. This is the God you're supposed to worship. You know, they disturbed the public peace a lot for the sake of everyone's soul, for the sake of everyone's salvation. You know, if you recall from the Sacrament of Confirmation, we are soldiers of Jesus Christ. A beautiful old Catholic theology that really, I think, summarizes quite well the Sacrament of Confirmation for us and what we are supposed to do as a confirmed soul. And so when we think of the public realm and us living out our faith in our belief in our Lord Jesus Christ in that public realm, we need to assess ourselves right now what kind of soldier of Jesus Christ am I? Do I really have a greater tendency to just keep everything to myself? Maybe vaguely hint at something every now and then? And trust me, I struggle with this too as a priest. I'm growing in this more myself. So this is not something unique to just the lay faithful. All priests, all religious too for that matter. You know, this is something we all need to do. You know, where am I at in being a soldier of Jesus Christ and talking about him and comfortable conversations, maybe more so, but just bringing him out every now and then, maybe wearing something on our person, whether it's a medal of our Mother Mary or a crucifix or, you know, just having something that talks about the faith very subtly even. But then as conversations come up, different topics that you have with your fellow co-workers, you know, if it starts to get to an area that's 
um, not appropriate, uh, certainly leading down a path of temptation and even sin itself as far as the topic of conversation. You know, how can you, as a soldier of Jesus Christ, change that conversation and even bring about in a beautiful, elegant way about the truths of Jesus Christ so as to help those around you to come to that same truth? I mean, as a soldier of Jesus Christ, we are called to live out our faith, not privately, but also publicly. Both are needed. Both are necessary for us all. So my friends, with the interesting gospel for today where our Lord does not utter a single word, people are talking about him. And that's happening in the public realm. So let's see for ourselves, how can we imitate this gospel for today by also talking about our Lord Jesus Christ in the public realm, even with the coronavirus happening for us all and us doing so many different living out of our, of our lives as a whole, how can we be a soldier of Jesus Christ because we are confirmed in the public realm today and every day beyond this day?